Welcome to the Cross Culture. In a world of questions, two nerds with microphones make up the answers and discuss the intersection of faith and everyday life. Today's episode, Kelly loves LeBron, but basketball is a team sport. I, I love that you did this. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, I do love LeBron so much. Uh, running joke in our household is Amanda keeps telling me, she was like, if LeBron proposed, you would probably leave. I'm like, no, I would not. But I mean, he would. No, I would not. No, I would not. Um, uh, <laughs> essentially, our, our spiritual context for our conversation, too, is like gifts and giftedness, right? Yeah. Um, man, this is, uh, is going to be fun. Uh, I, uh, for people who really know me on a personal level, I can gush about LeBron for... Days. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even stop to breathe. It's creepy. <laughs> I mean, that's everything I talk about, though, right? True. But mm. but with LeBron, I feel like there's there's like a whole added layer of, <laughs> like, man, your eyes start to vibrate. It's really fascinating. I, my eyes start to vibrate. Wow, that's, that's really weird. Um, uh, I mean, let's get it out of the way. Uh, Space Jam 2 was trash compared to the first Space Jam. Yeah, it was. It was not. You haven't seen it. I don't need you to. Can't, I you saw can't, the. I you saw can't the say previews. nothing. I mean, I felt like the overall message of the second movie was way better than the first one, but it definitely was like not as good of a movie for sure. Uh, that that was a problem. Um, all right, let's let's do this, man. Um, so for for Kelly. One of one of his hard and fast lines has been defending LeBron James against all perceived and even imagined threats. Um, so just the same way that I defend my boy Peyton against the evil that is Tom Brady, Kelly defends LeBron against the shadow and specter of Michael Jordan. Well, let's let's for context purposes. See, I'm already doing it. Uh, LeBron is the most hated athlete of all time. He is, and people are more, more vocal. More than Muhammad Ali. Uh, so when you want to talk about uh, exposure and how many people get at him, absolutely, because LeBron's the first superstar athlete once-in-a-lifetime talent in the social media age, right? Like, you know, True. I'm not going to say that people, like, hate him more. I would say people are way more vocal, and it's, and it's in the ether. Uh, Ali was controversial on some stuff, right? And people, like, hated him, and that's a different kind of culture. But I would argue that... Um, the amount of hate and the amount of talking and the amount of stuff that is spewed at LeBron, including like the internet, internet, it's a whole different layer level of, um, like exposure. And, um, it's weird. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me. Like, I mean, he is an athlete where like you talk to people and as soon as you mention his name, they like will literally change in front of you. Like they, he's just that guy. Um, and it could be a good or a, or an, it could be, you know, a, a positive reflection of, oh, yeah, you're a LeBron guy or, oh. Well, even what you just said there, right? You're, you're a LeBron, LeBron guy. guy. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and it's uh, so my love of LeBron goes like way back to 
it's not even just about basketball. It's about him as a person. It's about where he came from. It's about how he's literally a statistical anomaly. Like he, he should not be here. He should not be doing what he's doing. He shouldn't be as good as he is at his craft, but he also shouldn't be an elite businessman. He should also not be a fantastic husband and a fantastic dad. Like all the things that he represents as a person as well are the things that I'm like really drawn to. Like the I Promise School, to his charities, to his ability to like just exist and people in political power subtweeting him. Like it's just, it's fascinating to me of like the dude's just a basketball, like what? Like, uh, um, but, uh, so let's get this out of the way too. So everybody always wants to talk about LeBron and Mike, mm-hmm. right? Because apparently Michael Jordan, like I'm, I'm going there today, y'all. So like buckle up. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. And no, he's not. Last 12 no, no, he's not. Just- no, he's not. He's not. Michael, Michael Jordan is not the greatest basketball player of all time. And here's why. There is not a single greatest basketball player of all time. It's an absurd thing to even think. I agree. Um, there's too many different eras. There's too many different styles of play. None of them have all played against elite talent. Um, now I have my biases towards Braun and go, okay, he's been elite in multiple eras and multiple styles of basketball. And he's played again in a league that I think has more talent than any other version of the NBA. But to say that LeBron James is, uh, is uh, better than Wilt Chamberlain and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Bill Russell. And Bill Russell and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan and like... is and Jimmy Chitwood. <laughs> and Jerry West. <laughs> but just kidding. Jerry doesn't count. Um, but it's but it's these guys, right? Like there's, there's all these different eras where um, I would argue one of the ways that you measure... Uh, um, like overall greatness as as a professional athlete right is would you be elite in any era of basketball now i'm the guy that argues that if you put lebron in the 90s he murders people because he's you know 260 and six foot nine and he can hand check that would certainly tarnish his squeaky clean image. Bro, could you imagine like John Stockton starts going to the hole and LeBron just like puts his arm out and like clotheslines up, bro. <laughs> like it's, it's, but Michael would drop 50 in today's NBA. Like you can't even look at him and he'd go to the free throw line and like, what, what would Mike do? Right? Like, um, I'm also the guy that thinks like Mike needed the contact. Oh, well, I mean, for a guy who was who literally tried to motivate himself with anything that anybody said to him, of course he needed something to to push him. That hot dog vendor said I was trash, and I took that personally. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like Larry Bird beat me in a round of golf this morning, and I took that personally. Like it's it's, but but this isn't. So hear this. My my love of LeBron um, is not. Uh, to belittle or tarnish Michael's basketball legacy or any other person who's gone before Braun. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the things I love about sports is that over time they evolve and they change. Um, and, you know, LeBron would not have 
would not be playing in the NBA if it wasn't for guys like Bill Russell and Magic and Larry and Mike and these guys who pioneered the league before them. I mean, like Allen Iverson, like all these guys that like continue to evolve and change the game and like keep it relevant and around and make sure it still existed because, you know, we're, let's not forget that the NBA went through, has gone through multiple iterations where it didn't really have great ratings and people didn't want to watch it because they were like, yuck. And so it's, um, you know, LeBron is a beneficiary of those things. Right. Um, but like I said, like, I, I just, I love like how his kids look at him. I love that he's he's never been in trouble with his wife or caught doing things that he's not supposed to do. And, and apparently all the people that are around him find immense success in their personal lives and in their and in whatever their their ventures are like he's just it's so cool. Like it's almost like I want. I want other leaders to look at him and emulate that because I'm like, man, what, what if I felt like somebody wanted to build an I promise school and like that school, by the way, like in Akron, Ohio, that had like a graduation rate, I think of like 40% is switched to like a 97% graduation rate with another like 78 to 85% people go to college. Wow. Now, and can get, you explain what the I Promise means? Then? Yeah, so the I Promise school is, um, and hear this clearly, right? So as a LeBron apologist, LeBron didn't build that school himself. Okay. Like LeBron did what a lot of athletes do is they, uh, Tim Duncan's a great example of this, not Tony Parker because yuck. Um, mm -hmm. But athletes will use their platforms to, not Michael, that's a jab. Uh, Noticed. <laughs> LeBron used his platform and his, uh, his uh, popularity, right, his image, his brand, to network with that state, that city, that area, with local government officials and goes, okay, this is my dream, this is my vision, what can we do? And then he partnered with local people and they built this thing called the I Promise School. And essentially, it, it, they pay the kids' tuitions. They help the families find it. Like, they do all of these things that, like, local grassroots politics should literally do. Mm. Um, and so you've seen this immediate, stark turnaround of this community where there's hope, where kids are graduating. They're becoming contributing members of society. They're getting off the street. Like, crime has gone down. I mean, like, it is just this beacon of hope in a place that didn't have any. Um it's familial. It's, it's just like, I love it because when I think about even the nature of our profession and like wanting to do community building stuff, it's a really good blueprint as far as not building a new institution, but they went about it in a way where LeBron's like, okay, I don't know how to do this, but this is the thing I can help with. Um, and just his, also his love of his hometown. Yeah. He and, loves Akron and wanting it to be different than how he grew up. Is uh, so from a spiritual perspective. I feel like everyone in Ohio wants Ohio to be different. I say this as a Hoosier. Not true. Not true. Uh, no, I say this as a Hoosier who has nothing but animosity yeah. towards the people, the good people of Ohio. Right. right. So, so one thing for me that uh, is also like uh, really important to me in my own kind of context of how I live my life is I I heard this one time from from a friend of mine. He said, Kelly, like, be what you needed when you were a kid. Um, and even as a Christian, like that resonates so deeply with me in the sense of like what spiritual 
what did I need about God that I didn't have because it wasn't exemplified to me or mentored into me or discipled into me or like what, how it wasn't presented to me and like, what did I need? And, um, I just, I get so excited because it gives me so much hope for a future where people are going on their own accord to do those types of things. Um, and it's having really good, meaningful, positive, long-term impact. Those kids that are graduating that are going to college and having that bill paid for, right? It's not just benefiting them. It's going to benefit their families and their kids. It's like literally like generation changing. Yeah. Uh, it's just really cool. And it's empowering too. Like you're giving kids, you're not giving them... Um, you're not doing it for them. You're giving them really good opportunities and showing them that they're worth something. And like, we all need that in like a really positive way. And so it's, it's just, uh, man, I'm just, I love LeBron, man. Like, I just love that legacy. And then he makes this awful movie and I'm like, dude, like friends, you can't see Kelly right now, but oh. he is almost glowing. Or he's it's, it's or he's on or he's on a podcast, and he's like, "That one made me the greatest of all time." I'm like, "Bron, you can't say that, man!" Like, right. <laughs> you can't. I, I mean, we could argue, right? But I mean, because the the chip in Cleveland counts as two, not one. Um, but like, it, it's, it's not what the record book. Don't says. do that. Don't do that. Although, uh, for context purposes as well, uh, little known fact about the decision, which was. Poorly handled. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know how you do that. Like raised like $4 million for the local Boys and Girls Club. Which was like sweet. Like Raised $4 million, stole their souls. <laughs> well, I mean. I again, mean, it's a balancing act. Well, and, and his thing was always like, that's the other thing. I think one of the reasons he's such a controversial figure is our nation has this weird pattern with authority and abusive leadership where people own things mm -hmm. and so you do exactly what i tell you to do because i'm you should be grateful as opposed to lebron who's like no 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 i own me i'm gonna do what i want when i want how i want and you'll get excellence i mean let's be fair nine nine straight trips to the finals when he was healthy there's in years where he's been healthy and gone into the playoffs healthy and not gotten injured they, he's either been in the finals or won the finals. Nine straight times. Okay, yeah, you're counting the L.A. Yeah, because first year, first year in Los Angeles, he got hurt towards they the end of the play. year. wasn't okay. Yeah, they didn't make Next the year, they're healthy. Then COVID hits, and they go into the bubble, which was brutal. They win. Yes. Then last year, he gets hurt. He has the high ankle thing. He's not 100%. Then AD also goes down. So like it's, and that's, that's basketball, right? Like That's not to excuse him. But he, he owns his own brand, but he's like, no, nah, I'll, I'll take y'all. We're, we're going to win. We're going to win games. And so um, he's a, he's, but he's not, he's a weird athlete. Like other guys, I mentioned AI, AI like changed the, the persona because people thought he was a thug, um, but he was still a good dude. Uh, but Braun came just in, like practice. but Braun came in and was like, no, 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 you don't get to tell me whatever you want to do. Cause I'll leave. And I'll do my own thing. Like I'm, I'm gonna do me, and I'm gonna do it the right way. But it's always about me and my family and what's best for my. Uh, and we don't do that here. It's a lot like all the memes right now of, well, you need a master's degree, and we'll start you in an internship at 25 hours a week that pays 15 an hour. 
and my generation's like not doing that. So it's, it's, uh, but anyway, so it's, he's very, um, he's very controversial in that sense where like he doesn't kiss the ring. Yeah. And what's odd there is, and this is partly nostalgic memory. Mm-hmm. So as a lifelong Indiana Pacers fan who could not wait for the death of the Bulls dynasty, I rooted and when reports came out was so excited at the prospect, not that Michael Jordan was going to retire and go play baseball, but when the second three-peat was in occurrence, he got to a stage just before year three of that where he was he was threatening the owner of the Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf, if you don't do X, Y, and Z the way I want, I'm out. And that's part of the legacy of Jordan that we don't talk about um, is the athlete using their power to get what they want. And one thing that, that I think you, you kind of talk a lot about with LeBron is LeBron elevating others. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, he's always been more collaborative in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the things that people who look at legacy and look at um, greatness and th- for some reason we, we give demerits for those who are great collaborators um, rather than we elevate them. Uh, I, I would say this happens a lot with Tim Duncan, and this is where I, I think I go in the in the, in the best power forward of all time. Absolutely, Tim Duncan is the best power forward of all time. I'm not a Spurs fan, so I'm not saying that from a Homer perspective. My wife, on the other hand, she's all she's all in the Kool Aid. Um, but where I look at gifts and giftedness, mm-hmm. I think for me, LeBron's main gift is recognizing that he needed others. Jordan pretended he didn't, and yet, you know, so I have, I have called up looking at the, um, the careers of, uh, uh, as far as average points per game, assists per game, rebound per game, and field goal percentage. Uh, at the, and Jordan dominates the beginning and the middle sections. Um, he didn't, he, did, he honestly did not make it to late career. He was, mm-hmm. he was really done earlier than LeBron, um, which is a whole other conversation about how much of a freak LeBron is. Agreed. But he dominated in the area of points per game mm-hmm. and early in the beginning career, field goal percentage. Yep. LeBron was always better at assists and rebounds. Now, LeBron got better. Uh, actually, he, he's been remarkably consistent with points per game. So early career, LeBron mm-hmm. averaged about 28 uh-huh. points per game Jordan averaged 36 yep middle career Jordan averaged 32.3 LeBron kicked it up to 28.8 uh-huh late career Jordan didn't have LeBron is now averaging 30.2 points per game uh-huh um his field goal percentage by the way has gone through the roof to 54.7 percent yeah, he's like Arguably one of the most efficient basketball players of all time. Incredibly efficient. That's better than Jordan ever averaged in his career. And yet... (laughs) But he's not clutch. Neither of them (laughs) is winning a championship. If they have the Charlotte Hornets roster. I mean, that that first Cleveland roster is close. 
the first one to get to a championship in yeah, series. Yeah. So, but what happened to them? Here's a, here's a caveat uh, real quick. So LeBron, by the way, uh, averages 18 points for two seasons, and he's got the all-time record for scoring. He's going to pass. He's going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a pass first player. I'm pretty sure Jeff Galuli is coming out of the Jeff Galuli. Uh, so, so here's something I want to I want to draw in like a spiritual context here because I think it's really important. So, I heard this recently and it was like, you know, if I was God, right, and Jesus was going to show up, how would I do it? I would do it where there's a big grand entrance. I would Jesus shows up does the thing and it's powerful and it's full of lights and signs and i'm Smoke god machines. yeah it's 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 every fantasy AC, movie we've ever black. watched or alien one. movie we've ever watched or anything else like we'll always make these big entrances and these big deals right and god comes as what a baby in a quote-unquote poop cave that shepherds let them use oh wait kelly you just said something weird he wasn't born in a manger or in a stall no, because that's where you would keep the livestock. So it's, It wasn't the barn. <laughs> it wasn't the barn. And so Jesus comes as this weak inf- baby and is vulnerable and it's messy and gross and painful to, to who? Kings and queens? No. An unwed married couple. Or an un, uh, like they're a married couple now, but they weren't married when Mary got pregnant let's say that eight times fast <laughs> so like it's all lowly from from a from a line of kings no from where nazareth like it's all of these like meek and humble oh okay so then he's going to be born and then he's going to become powerful and he's going to be chosen by the rabbis to be be a, a, you know a, a disciple no. no he's going to be what a carpenter and by the way, friends, the word for carpenter is actually day laborer. Right. He he wasn't he was nobody. Oh, also scripture says that he he wasn't ugly. I, I don't like that interpretation. Yeah, think- but he wasn't he wasn't like gorgeous either. He was kinda he was okay. Like, like he was, he was, was okay. Like, if, if Jesus was at prom or like gonna ask a girl to prom, he'd get passed over for all the attractive men before like He'd hit like the middle of the pack. You know what I mean? Like it, it. So Jesus comes lowly and turns the world. <laughs> Adam is laughing so hard. <laughs> you know, I'd be at that prom and be like, leave room for yourself. Like, we- <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, but he comes and he flips everything on its head because the least of these are the ones who are worth your time. And, Basketball is such an ego sport. And even now, current state of the NBA is built so much around because uh, the talent is so crazy and you have these guys that are so good. It's a, Y'all, if you don't like basketball, that's fine. It's not fine. But there's, ple- there's players playing right now that are so good at the game that you literally have to plan around one specific person and they can still beat you. It's crazy how good they are, right? And yet, Jesus goes, oh, I need other people to help me accomplish the mission even though I'm God. What the heck? What? And and who are we going to serve? Well, people who nobody else would take care of. Hold on, time out. That makes no sense. 
it's so weird. It's so different than how any of us would do this. So this brings me back to Braun. Um, the difference between Michael and LeBron is we can talk about Michael's personality and him beating up other players in practice and all of his other personal stuff. But to also be fair to Mike, Mike was in a system that was designed to take advantage of his ability to score. He's never been in a system that made him pass. So so I'm not going to hold all that, his his the way he played the game totally against him. Uh, it's also fascinating to me, real quick, that we talk about how selfish Kobe was, but we never talk about Michael being... Because Kobe... Ready? People are going to set their computers on fire. Kobe Bryant is a better version of Michael Jordan. Yes, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion. For our last listener, I apologize. Uh our last listener left already and then and came back. <laughs> and he came so, back. So, but back. my but LeBron LeBron and Mike are, are different types of players, but but Braun um LeBron passes the ball and wants to do the best basketball play that gives them the best percentage and chance of winning, but also understands team chemistry and camaraderie and making sure other people are involved and that whatever their craft is, whatever their ability is, whatever their talent is, is that they are bringing it to the table. They are ready to go and that he's going to put them in the position to get it done. And that's the other reason I love LeBron because as a person, as a husband, as a dad, as a Christian, I function very much from that perspective. I want other people to be equipped, ready to go and know that they are they have inherent worth and value and that everything they're bringing to the table is useful and good and that they have a unique calling to be the benefit not only to themselves but to other people if they would live that out well um and so gifts and giftedness lebron is not an elite three-point shooter correct lebron is now at the age of 55 155 uh, <laughs> dog years uh is not the elite defender he was when he was you know not 38 years old right yeah he's he's not able to be on the ball every possession and pass it like he used to because he it's exhausting to do that night in and night out he needs other people to do that what's crazy is even when he was younger he's still like tried to get other people to help him do he that. still function that way well and i think Here's a, a dynamic difference, and I would say this is the, the, the difference between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. LeBron James asks the question, what are your gifts and how do they fit on this team? Michael Jordan's question was always, what are your gifts do they fit. So one is, we already have the template. This is how we're doing it. Right. The other is, let's see if we can change the template to maximize what we can do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is one of the things that, that you know, our world does is it, it looks for, do people fit in boxes rather than where do their giftedness lead and how do we redirect towards their giftedness and for me this is so critical for christianity because we have locked ourselves into an upside down 
um, way of discipleship. And that's a phrase that Kelly and I have been talking a lot about lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the way that we've done it has made it an isolated individual sport. You know, I go off with just me, my Bible, and God, and I get discipled. Well, A, not to say that you you aren't going to grow spiritually from that, and that's not going to have benefits and, and good things, but that's not the model. And in the end, if not everybody learns that way. Not everybody grows that way. Not everybody gets in, in, in touch that way. Um, I think that a, a much healthier way is a team approach. We are, you know... We're not meant to do that on our own. We, we're, we're made for dependency on others. Um, and, and that's part of, the I think, the narrative of sports is we hold up the, the, the exemplars as though that's what we should be aiming for. Um, you know, we say, well, Michael Jordan won six championships. Bill Russell won 11. Yeah, he needs a toe to count one of his rings. You know, I mean, the dude can't even wear them all. But <laughs> but Bill didn't win them one on five. Michael didn't win them one on five. LeBron never won one on five. Nope. You know, even during what I would call, in my mind, the, the, the greatest NBA Finals I ever witnessed was the the three-to-one comeback yeah. of the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Golden State Warriors, a team that had set the record for most wins in a season. Yeah, they were like the greatest team ever. Yeah. In every category. Defense, d- transition basketball, sharing the basketball, offensive percentage, offense, offensive efficiency. Like, they, they were just the juggernauts of just give them the trophy. Yeah. And then, and then here comes Cleveland with... Kyrie Irving and LeBron James and Kevin Love averaging, you know, seven points and four rebounds. Uh, but but to your point, right, like it's – and it's why I love the dance of basketball or team sports um, because they're just – it's literally the testing of ego, right? And, and hear, hear this clearly too. Individual sports are also semi-team Tennis players that play singles still have coaches and trainers and, and nutritionists, and they need another person to play against. Uh, That's fair. All the way in the beginning of Scripture, God makes Adam <laughs> and goes, Adam's lacking. Seriously, la- I'm like staring Thank through Adam's soul. Adam, you were so lacking by yourself. Uh, I feel affirmed. <laughs> but in that, but in that, right, uh, Adam, God goes, it's not good for Adam to be alone. And so then Eve, God makes Eve, and, and everything's right. It clicks. And so I, I'd argue um, one of the things that's so hard about Christianity because, uh, you know, sin, our own self-reliance, right, um, and that pain of, of sin in our lives and how it, uh, it informs our decision-making and, and how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves is that uh, what we were actually created for was to um, live together, love each other, understand that we're all different and that's really good and that's how it's supposed to be and that we have something to bring that is useful and beneficial for all, but that we're unique in that gifting and that calling, but that uniqueness is to be lived out in community. And 
there's no there, like and and you won't hear this a lot from me but this is one of those hills i'll die on of like and that is non-negotiable yeah community is non-negotiable with god and so uh and mike again mike had a community and a coaching staff and a team that was set up in a way that this was his function in that community now i have my own kind of resentment there of like i don't like that blah 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 but but let's not get it twisted that michael was also functioning in his own context of what was what was asked of him because mike was also about getting the guys ready and and functioning in that and and what they needed to do um also everybody forgets about steve kershot uh but it is this thing of um at its core basketball is a team sport um christianity is a communal effort it is not meant to be like hey i know this pastor and they're going to lead us in all these directions as opposed to the pastor is meant to work within the community to figure out what the community needs and wants and then leverage the resources of said community so that they can do things together yeah like the pastor or the spiritual leader of a, of a community is not um is not the only person who does the work or knows what's up uh and yet we built these we build these institutions and we build these relics or we build these idols that function this way where um we don't do it together mm -hmm. uh we we go well i can't do it so someone else is going to do it and then i'll just kind of semi-participate and that'll be that and um one of the things i loved about the title in the bubble um was that uh when AD, when they won, yeah, it was the look LeBron gave AD, mm. right? Because he was just so proud of him, like because that's what he had been working at, and and you know, like we don't talk about Anthony Davis a lot, but people were saying a lot of stuff to him about him, his his character, his integrity, his work ethic, right? Him as a player and as a person, yeah. And so uh, Dwight Howard. Uh, Rajon Rondo coming into a team with super high stakes and there being any drama after being in drama in other places. Like, same with Dwight Howard, right? Like, Dwight Howard crashed and burned last time he was in Los Angeles. And it, like, and they won and he was a... So there's these things of, you know, as Christians, I think, that's what we want. Nobody's useless. And nobody is more important than anybody else. Now, we can argue, like... Uh, LeBron is more important to that team than anybody else on it. But at the same time, like, uh, uh, I think a better contrast as far as a, a faith connection, right, is that LeBron is just fully aware of his gifts and his talents and what he has to bring. And people who are that confident and, and uh, connected in their relationship with God are the ones that are helping you lead you in a direction. Um, or to help you like realize that you also have those gifts and help you foster that type of relationship with God. Because man, if we all were that connected to God and we were all celebratory of those types of gifts, what would the world actually look like? Yeah.
I have wasted the entire time that Kelly was making this wonderful soliloquy, desperately trying to look up Kevin Love's NBA final stats so that I could prove him wrong that he didn't average seven points and four rebounds. Oh, it was it was more than that. He had he had more points and more rebounds than that, right? Um, so they won the 2016. 16, yep. Yeah. 8.5 points, 6.8 rebounds. Dang it. I was off by one and one. Uh, and, and Kevin and, Love, you were worthless to me. But now. here's Thank the you. thing, though. But here's the thing, though. And, like, people give love nonsense. And, and uh, man, this is like to bring a podcast into something else. So, like, uh, uh, a friend of mine is going through something about holiness right now. And, and we're talking about things that people, like, misunderstand about holiness. Uh, and it's been fantastic. Like, I've been, I've been learning so much. I'm really humbled by this guy. Um, but in that... Uh, you know, we put Kevin Love down to, to like bolster LeBron's case to being the greatest player ever. Right. And people don't like go watch the end of game seven and how Love literally in game seven, not just at the end of the game, but even in spurts of the game, Love locked and clamped Steph Curry. Yeah. And it was just like, what the heck? And did things that you're like, why, where is it, like, right, where's this been? Like, what, what was that plan? But, like, he was so important. Those defensive stretches, that intensity, that volume, the clutch three he hit in the corner, like, in a momentum in a close game, like, rebounding, like, uh, such an important part of winning. Uh, and, and we don't talk about that stuff. Uh, we, we talk about, oh, LeBron finally brought a championship back to Cleveland. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll scream that from the mountaintops of like, who goes back to Cleveland and brings a title to the Cavaliers against the everything, right, against all odds. But like, you know, uh, Love was an integral part of that championship team. Kyrie Irving, who's Kyrie Irving, uh, <laughs> like was incredible. On the yeah, offensive end, Tristan Thompson had some of the best offensive rebounding numbers of all time in the NBA Finals. He was tremendous. Richard Jefferson had the old bald man that has the basketball IQ of a peanut. Like <laughs> uh, Spurs fans were like, oh my gosh, we got Richard Jefferson. I was like, y'all aren't going to like him. Resident Nets fan, not now, because I can't stand the Brooklyn Nets. They were the New Jersey Nets. when This was when Jason Kidd was there backpacking a team of misfit toys to the to the finals. Um, but Kenyon Martin was great. <sighs> Kenny Martin was trash. Carrie uh, Kittles was. Yeah. I was like, who else was people. on that team? People are like, what? I was like, wait, the Nets have been to the finals. I'm like, yeah. Twice in Twice. a row. Here's, here's the other reason I always I give you. jabs to Durant. Like Jason Kidd dragged Carrie Kittles and Kenyon Martin to the finals. Kevin Durant couldn't do it with all of these other, these other toys. Get out of here. Get out of here. There goes uh, our last. Get out, get out of here. But but it is that thing of like, we live in this egocentric society. This is kind of the tail end of our conversation here. We live in an egocentric society that plays to my own insecurity of my unworthiness or my not neededness. So I have to be all of these different things to be useful and to be needed um, or to be good as opposed to I'm good as I am and I have something to bring and I have something to offer that is unique to my person, but also beneficial for myself and others. Um, and like you said, LeBron seems to have, and I don't know him on a personal level, but he seems to have this ability to draw this out of people 
and put people in positions where they can succeed in the way that they feel comfortable succeeding in, which is a gift um, and a model, I think, as far as Christianity is, where we need more people in the church to do those types of things. How do we empower and enable others and create space for them to succeed in what they're good at and what God has called them to and go with them? Um, we're in it together. Yeah, how do we recognize the gifts in each other and the gifts of each other? Um, I think that's, that's, that's so critical. Um, that's a way that the church needs to function, that the church hasn't been functioning. We've been asking the question of, do you fit, rather than asking, how do you fit? Your gifts are not a threat to me and my gifts. I mean, unless we're on the court. <laughs> but right, like, I mean, that's, and that's part of, like, and I think you see this with basketball where it's always been a team sport and we talk about it that way, but, but people who are fans of either camp, right? This is the thing for me, like, I'm very much drawn to the collaborative, um, uh, how do we get the best out of everyone in that, like, you're not a threat to me if you have a night where you have, like, a lot of points and you're really good. Like, I want that. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't cheapen my gift or make people like you more than they like me. Like, that's not what I'm, I'm not afraid of losing things. And we do have some issues with things that we have built in the state side, state side, where this is the perspective we have. We, we build these constructs and these institutions and these ways of thinking that are very much of like, if I relinquish any part of this, um, you can't be better than me. You can't do it too, because then what do I do? And how, where am I useful? And I mean, Jesus the Christ spends three years with them saying, uh, you know, greater things you will do greater things than I. I mean, this is Jesus, God in the flesh to a group of misfit toys. That's going to be my new catchphrase. Um, and then leaves, comes back, spirit comes back, empowers them, but to do the thing. Because there's also seasons and times where, like, I'm not, you're now, you do it. Um, and to, to give some hope to this, I'm seeing a lot of that now seeing a lot more people who are kind of focused on, you know what, like maybe we've got to start doing this other part better. Maybe we got to start really going, okay, it's a team thing. Mm. Um, pastors I'm, I'm talking to, right, are not, they're starting to understand like the ego of the office of like, oh, uh, let's answer, let's ask questions like, wait a second, Jesus sent everybody else out in twos. Why, why is there only a singular pastor who's in charge of all the things at a church? Ooh. pastors are superheroes. I mean, right? Like, ooh, I got some questions. Maybe what does it look like to have two pastors in, in a spot? Or what does it look like to have multiple people and what's called more polycentric leadership where it's we're a team together making team decisions for a community together where the community makes communal decisions and your gift then becomes as a pastor isn't, isn't to be the authority, but to pastor people. That's your gift and your offering. Somebody else does the other things. And so it's, um, we're not a threat to each other. Uh, and I would argue, you know, from the spiritual context as well of like, 
I want our culture and our society to understand this, even if they're not all Christians and they and they start to do the churchy thing. Like, I want communities to understand this deeply too. That we're not all out to get each other. That we are like, or actually, that we would stop being out to get each other. Mm. I think a lot of those emotions are actually valid, and they come from from real places where we need to start picking each other. Where how do we love each other well? How do we serve each other well? And like not consider each other threats. How do we choose each other? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we could all be a little bit more like LeBron James. <laughs> I don't know if I can make a movie that bad. <laughs> Man, I had to. I had to. Um, that's my closing thought. Look, I think that the idea that we are called to be about me, myself, and I is the fundamental lie of the human condition. Mm. Life is a team sport. So is faith. Amen, brother. This is Kelly. This is Adam. And we're signing off. We're all in this together. <laughs>